Dear Grandma. Dear close friend. Dear girl I saw at a rope score. Dear guy who knows what he did. Dear mom. Dear, 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 dearest. I was always told never to write in the margins of a book. I've broken that rule a lot. This is Dearest. I'm Claire Brennan. Used bookstores are special places. I love the unmistakable smell of old paper, how the overstuffed shelves of mismatched books muffles all sound. What I love most, though, is the snooping. I once found a copy of Shakespeare's sonnets with a handwritten dedication to the newest happy couple. I would buy used textbooks just to see what the previous student chose to highlight. I come by it honestly. When my mom was in high school and college, she and a group of friends passed around a copy of The Little Prince. They would circle certain passages, pass notes to each other next to the iconic images, dog ear important pages. As they graduated and moved away from each other, they would send it through the mail. The book started collecting details of their lives, growing from a simple shared object into a collaborative letter, documenting how the time was passing. And then life happened. 20 years went by without the little prince changing hands until I was in high school and my mom got a package in the mail. Her friend from so long ago had found it hidden on a shelf while she was sorting through her now ex-husband's things. In the midst of letting go, she forwarded on the old book one more time. And with good timing. No sooner had my mom received it than one of its contributors, my mom's dear friend Anne, passed away suddenly. I can still remember when she got that phone call. If you ask my mom about Anne, she'll tell you that theirs was a friendship of letters. For all of the time they knew one another, Anne and my mom rarely lived in the same city. They kept missing each other during school or one of their families would move away. This was before texting and Skype, back when making a long-distance phone call would have cost them money that they didn't have. So they wrote letters and postcards, summed up their lives, shared gossip, asked questions, licked stamps, and stayed in touch. They kept track of changing addresses and big news. They stayed in each other's lives. I even met Anne once. I can remember her dog, dinner on her back porch, and a gorgeous view of the sun setting in Utah. Today, you can find Anne's handwriting in the most yellowed chapter of my mom's copy of The Little Prince. It's the one about the fox, about friendship, about taking your time, being patient with someone else, about saying goodbye. This week's letters touch on the incomplete, the left unsaid, the endings that weren't quite enough, the beginnings that never took off, and the love that runs through it all. Enjoy. With a story I never finished. I know you're in there. I feel your bits and pieces, the skeleton of you rubbing up against mine, slowly discovering your feathers and framework. But when I dig for you, you are dust and smoke, not fit to flow through a pin. There are people who want to hear you, to make you real, to speak you into the world and carve you into stone. Still, you evade me, as present and insubstantial as a river. 
Your holes and gaps make up more than the meat of you, and you have lofty ideals, but not enough stair steps to reach them. Come down to earth. Let yourself be lessened in the telling, but let yourself be told. Dear Mom, I miss you. I miss you so much it feels like I'll never be over it. But I'm starting to. It's been 11 years now, and somehow I'm still making it through every day. I'm not the little girl you knew. I've grown up. But it feels wrong to have done that. I don't want to be who I am now. Sometimes I just want to go back to being that little girl who could curl up in your arms while you sang. I want to go back to my childhood home with you and dad and my brother. Dear mom, I have more of a family now. Two more siblings, countless cousins, and a new mother. I love her, but I can't stop thinking about how different my life would be if you were still here. I can't dwell on that, though. Otherwise, my thoughts will never stop bottling up inside my head until I burst. She is my mother, just as much as you are. I love you both, and yet... Mom, I miss you. I wish we could all go back to a time when I had never even heard of cancer. Sometimes I think about the last day I saw you, when you couldn't even remember me, and... I try to imagine what I would have said differently. I didn't know that that was my chance to say goodbye, and I will always regret it. But what could I have said? What could I have done differently? I'll never know. Mom, I wish I'd spent more time with you. That's a ridiculous thing to say because I was already around you so much, but I wish you hadn't traveled so often. Or maybe I wish that I'd just traveled with you. Mom, I'm queer. I will never be able to tell you that in person, Never be able to introduce you to future partners. Never be able to go to Pride with you. There are so many parts of me I've discovered that I can never share with you. So many things about me that you'll never know. You were right about me becoming a musician. You were right about so many little things. Mom, I'm depressed. I have been for a long time now. And I'm working through it. Doing what I can, but... Sometimes it's hard. I know it's from losing you, but I hate to say that. I hate that sentiment. How could losing someone I loved so much hurt me like this? Why couldn't I grieve normally? Sometimes I look in the mirror and I wish I looked more like you. I can't remember your voice. I wish I carried you with me in some way. Mom, I love you. I remember you every day. I have you in my heart, always. Even though this letter is filled with sadness, I want you to know that I'm doing better. I'm happy I have people who love me, I'm looked after. 
I will always wish for a million more days with you, but I will never regret the ones I had. Love forever, your daughter. I still think of you. I still think of how much you would hurt me, how much you would meant to me. I wish that one day we tried again and had lasted longer, that we could be friends again. You were such a bright spot in my life, and the hole that you left in my soul has never fully closed. There are many days where I have wished to find you, to talk with you, to try again. You were my best friend. I loved you more than I think I loved anyone. The need for you is an ache that I'm not sure will ever truly go away. I hate it. I hate that there is part of me that will probably never let you go. Writing this hurts, but it's better than trying to find you. I probably could, online somewhere. I could see how you're doing. I want to. I'm scared at how much I want to. I'm scared at what I will find. I want to try again, but I think more than anything, I want you to be happy and safe and to be in a better place in your life. And I hope that you think of me fondly sometimes. I don't think you miss me like I miss you, but if you're out there having a good life, then I will continue on without you. I have to. I need to. This isn't goodbye, but it should be. It's not. It could never be, but I would like it to be. Goodbye, my friend. I love who you were, and I miss what you meant to me. Let's hope you're a new person now. I know I am. To my dearest, this is what you are for me. You are the girl in front of me, hair flattening out in a fuzzy halo when you lean back, exhausted, head on my desk. You're the wolf lurking underneath your own skin with too bright, too eager, too wild eyes in a grin that promises more than I can handle. Your memories of sipping warm soda in summer. Your memories of fingers sticky with ice cream we slurp out of the bottom of waffle cones. Your cool intensity, looking and calculating and considering as if the world is a puzzle and I'm just another test for you to solve. Your sleep warm mumbles of five more minutes against my back in the morning. Your little unbearably fond nuzzles into my shoulder. Your messy, colorful streaks of paint on my cheeks after art class. Your whispered exchanges under our breaths at Sunday Mass. Your sleepy grumbles when I drag you out of your seat in between lessons for sun or food. Your stubborn fingers that try and try to knit and purl strands of yarn into a scarf for me. Your fragile skin stretched over even more breakable bones so easily hurt. You're strong, 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 stronger than you know, than, than anyone knows. You're brave and willful and headstrong and you don't let anything get in your way. There's fire in your bones, all skin and muscle and a determination that makes my heart swell. I'm so proud of you. 
your lyrics in the morning and between lessons and hallways taking over my lines when I run out of breath. You're the hugs I try to steal from you between joking protests. Your wide eyes at the chocolate display. Your inside jokes and laughter that I try to hold on to when I'm feeling particularly dark. Your cutting words and arguments that I wish would end before they even began. Your You're the twitches of irritation I feel when you skip meals or don't take care of yourself. You're the dismissive attitude towards my angry speeches and it feels like hurt, like being ignored and and undervalued. You're the fear I feel when I want to tell you. You're an emotion I can't name, painful, wrecking, derailing with a collateral kind of damage, but at the same time something I never want to let go. Your dreams of stolen kisses inside of hugs. Your held breaths every time you hold my hand. You're a sugar-sweet laugh that bubbles up my ribcage. You're a tightness around my chest, squeezing and almost choking, and it's painful, but I welcome the agony because it feels so right. You're infuriating and stubborn and easy to anger, and you hide your feelings too much. Keep them bottled in, and I'm always afraid that I won't be here to help patch up the cracks when you break, and they come rushing out. You worry me and frustrate and anger and exasperate, but I love you. 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 I don't think I ever said that to you in the way I always wanted to. But I love you. Sometimes. Sometimes you don't mind if I drape myself all over you or coax you into leaning more of your weight into mine. Hands brush. Heads rest on shoulders, whispers and words are muted and heady as a drug. It's no fiery embrace, it's no passionate night together. I haven't even thought of that, of wanting you like that. It's the comfort I crave. It's when your sharp edges are whittled down for once and you let me crawl into your embrace. It's nice, I think. But I never want those to last long because it's tender and soft and sweet and almost cruel but I love it and I live for it and I soak up all I can and hold the warm memories in my chest remind myself to remember it your heat, the weight of your arms around me, the curve of your body against mine to be satisfied, for it to be enough because I don't know when I'll ever have this again but if there was one thing I could take with me through it all for every bruise in my head on my heart it'd be those moments Sleepy mornings and lazy afternoons. Perpetual sunset. A million ounces of light pouring out the stars. Why? Why do I love you? I have no idea, but... I would be willing to burn for you, you know? Nebulous and incandescent for ten billion years and then some. I love you so much. Is that not the strangest thing you've ever heard? From a girl who loves you. Dear guy who knows what he did, eat shit. Sincerely, me. The voices you heard on today's episode were those of Kathleen Neiman, Tina Munoz-Pandia, Elliot Cruz, 
Emma Boyden, and Emily Shimsky. The Earist relies totally on our listeners' letters, so send us yours. You can email us at dearestpodcast at gmail.com or submit at dearestpodcast.com, where you can also find out more about us, our live events, and sign up for our newsletter. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Dearest Podcast. This podcast is produced in Chicago, Illinois by me, Claire Brennan, and Sarah Hurd. We'd like to thank the composer of this episode's music, Chris Day, our graphic and social team of Dom Kindler, Sarah Barnett, and Monami Maxted, and you, dearest listener. Thanks for listening. This has been. This has been. This has been. This has been a dirty, dirty volume, volume production. production. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we got it. <laughs> I have no idea what this is. <laughs>